Ah, the glamorous lifestyle of a job on the road, staying in the cheapest motels. A bed and a TV. That's all I need. And all that I got. The images you are seeing are live images of an object that will pass by us in a matter of days. Based on its path, astronomers are confident that this is an interstellar object. Its origins are not in this solar system. Holy crap! This is only the second interstellar object humanity has ever detected. The first, Oumuamua, was discovered only after it was already heading out of our solar system. This much faster object, dubbed Njeru by the young astronomer who discovered it, was first observed as it entered the solar system and will pass by much closer to Earth. My guest now, via satellite, is 11-year-old amateur astronomer Hojo Gozen in Osaka, Japan, the young lady who first discovered Njeru. That's... wow. <laughs> It says here you have severe immunodeficiency. Why did it tell me I cannot let little things like a be allergic to everything keeping me down? Well, you certainly have a great outlook and a wonderful sense of humor. She's not joking. My apologies. Is your father also on the line? Oh no, my dad is at a walk. That's my robot cat, Tora. Wait, wait. You have a robot cat? Well, I cannot have the real one, can I? No, I suppose not. So, is Tora a good pet? <laughs> I am not a pet. He's not my teacher. Your robot cat teaches you. There's a meteor bearing down on Earth, and they're talking about a robot cat. My daddy do what he can do to help me learn like a Tora and like a my giant telescope. And is that the same one you first saw and Jeru through? Correct. <laughs> Hello? Hey, Graham. It's me. Hi, sweetie. Just got in. I'm watching the news. Have you seen anything about this meteor thing, Carrie? That's why I'm calling. They're saying it's heading for Earth, Graham. I don't want to be alone. I'm sorry. You know I have to travel. Maybe after we're married... Wow, just look at that. I am. It's terrifying. Are you seeing this little girl who discovered it? Little girl? No, I'm just watching as they're showing this thing that's heading in our direction. They're calling it an extinction-level event. You need to change the channel. What if it hits Earth? If it hits, there's not much we can do. That's not very comforting. And there you have it, folks. Maybe a comet, maybe an angel, perhaps something else entirely. A spokesman for NASA says Njeru is projected to pass between 1 million and 4 million miles from Earth. Njeru is, without a doubt, the closest interstellar object we're likely to see in our lifetime. Supersonic Pod Comics presents Origin Written by Ben Avery and J.S. Earls 
All right, you two. Can't you just make this easy on everyone? You should not have come. Not that we mind, Mr. Smoke, darling. That is true, Ms. Mears. I did not expect the opportunity to destroy an enemy such as you, Vicus. And your friend is another unexpected bonus. Comrade Vicus, it seems Smoke and Mirrors intend to make things, uh, what is word? Inconvenient. That they do, Vox. That they do. We know you ain't got no hostages. Just hand over the plutonium without- Yet, we do not want plutonium handed over. Do not hand plutonium over. Leave plutonium there. We will have appropriate personnel retrieve it. They knew what I meant, Vox. Y'all knew what I meant, right? All I heard was, without a fight. And that is not happening. Look out! He's making smoky hands! I know what he's doing. I've tangled these two before. So you are drawing your guns, Vicus. But you can't shoot. What you can't see. Comrade Vicus! Fine, <coughs> Fox. I'm a bit just kicked it. We got auto breathers. <coughs> Smart ass. <coughs> but you better watch out for Miss Mears. That's her hot. She uses reflected light to attack. Indeed. Yes, indeed. I gave her her powers, including her ability to focus light into an intense beam nearly as hot as a laser. Perhaps you call out time, go to shooting range for a few hours or days, then come back for a real fight. Need to break it here, darling, but you picked the wrong rescue to throw light at. Your light is the match to his gasoline. Fox takes light waves and turns them into sound waves. These mirrors. Ah, my shoulder. Vicus, Fox, this is a priority one message. Repeat, priority one. Priority one. Is that higher the number the worse it is or the lower? Blocks! Dr. Griffin, we're kinda of in the middle of something. Not anymore. We need all of Superforce to report in. Now. Vikus, Mr. Smoke. He made so much smoke, I run out of light. I have only enough store to do that. We're coming to you. Get ready for extraction. Whether your little party is over or not. This is an end of the situation. This is end of the world stuff too. Smoke and mirrors and tourist weapons dealers. Less than there's an alien invasion or something. We're near it here. Mirrors fires blindly, comrade. This smoke makes them not see too. You grab that laugh from her blast. We shall see. Vicus, retreat. We are on a timeline. Talk to Griffin. Last I heard, you are not commander of Super Force. Merely United Nations liaison. Look, Vikings, stand down. When Griffin says we're on a timeline, we are on a timeline. You have 90 seconds. We do an 80. I see your 80, and I raise the 70. I mean, lower. I lower you to 70. Speaking of lower, you filled up and ready to lower the boom? It will be pleasure that is all mine. Hey, Miss Mears, over here. Let's see if you can shoot in the dark as good as I can. There is Mr. Smokey Man! Well, alright, Doc Griffin. Let our impatient leader know we're ready for extraction. Your impatient leader thanks you. I also called in a cleanup team for Smokey Mirrors, since I'm so impatient.
Methinks you try her patience, my friend. That he does, Vox. Comms are still on, but blast. Gentlemen, if you'd please. Well, was it 70 seconds? Did you actually expect me to start a timer? You're the master of time, darling. What is situation? There is an object out there. So far, the world thinks it's some sort of interstellar debris. A comet or meteor just passing through the solar system. Your president has reassured everyone that the object is not a danger to Earth. She lied. We believe the object, Angeru they're calling it, appears to be heading directly for us. Appears? It's making subtle but constant course corrections. It's also emitting some sort of visual distortion field. Whatever it is, it seems to be trying to conceal its true trajectory. Earth. It's the only logical explanation. So what is it? No idea. It could be a spacecraft. It could be a missile. A missile wouldn't even need to carry an explosive payload at its current speed. All it needs to do is hit the planet with enough force and we're looking at an extinction level event. Why call us, Dr. Griffin? Instead of use American rockets to send all American super team to save world in name of America. Red, white, and blue are unavailable. More like undependable. This is what we do, Vikus. We save the world. That is why you and I joined the United Nations Super Force. You wanted to help more than your fellow Americans, and I wanted to help more than my fellow Englishmen. Besides, this ship, the Origin, first craft of its kind, it's already space-worthy, or it's supposed to be. And with its magnetic generators, we don't have to fuel it or launch it from one of our space centers. And the nano-projection screens and femto cameras blanketing this thing's marvelous hull means no one from Earth will see your approach. Your mission will happen in front of the whole world without anyone seeing it. And the advanced composite resins of the hull and the top-of-the-line weaponry and the shields, the origin is absolutely... We get it! We get it! So quit your complaining, Vikus. Get your cowboy boots up the ramp and onto the origin. We're going to drop Dr. Griffin off in DC and we're going to save the world. Am I clear? Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. If I might offer a word of advice, do try to save the world without killing anyone. No promises. Comrade Draco, of course we're going into space. How else do we take care of, uh, how you say, the UFO? I think you mean UFO, Vox. You say the letters, not the word. It's like FBI or CIA or ESPN. Are you certain it is not NASA or radar? Radar is acronym? So is laser. But Rotom, what of LOL? <laughs> I play big dumb Ruski. I make humor joke on you, my friends. <laughs> yep, you made humor joke all over us, Vox. <clears throat> all right, team, listen up. Yeah, guys, 
This is the big time. This is why the UN created Superforce. We are aware of their reasoning, Vikas. We've been doing this for three years. We take care of the Earth's problems that regular peacekeepers cannot. And I believe this qualifies. Most of you have already met Dr. Griffin. He's the man who's going to make sure we save the world. Well, I certainly intend to try. Contrary to what we've told the public, Angeru is on a collision course with Earth. Your mission is to knock Angeru off that course or destroy it. The man with the plan. Actually, many plans, Vicus. I've created dozens of proposals and contingencies over the last few years, and you, Superforce, are not a last-minute Hail Mary. I've studied you, your powers, and your personalities. And based on the current situation, you are our best chance for a successful mission. Also, for the last two years, I've had access to technology from the likes of A.G. Gozen and Joseph Broxon. And these men are? Highly intelligent, Rotom. They have helped me design suits specifically for you. These spacesuits will work with your usual smart suits to allow you to use your powers in extreme conditions. Draco. Yes, Dr. Griffin. You breathe fire, like a dragon. Your suit provides extra breathable air for you, and for your special breath, but will also vent your fire through your helmet. Rotom, your suit has been designed to accommodate your bionic limbs, so while you'll be sealed in tight and your flesh will be protected, your bionic arms and legs will be exposed and allow you to still shoot and control the metal orbs you have stored in your mechanical limbs. Interessant. And Vox, ah. your powers convert light into sound, and without any materials in space to carry sound waves, your sonic blasts are not very effective. Ah. As they say, in space, no one can hear your pain screams. No, it's in space, no one can hear you scream. You know, from the movie. Movie? Introduce him to pop culture later. All you need to know, Vox, is that your suit has been modified to allow you, if you find yourself in an environment with any kind of atmosphere, to create your sonic blasts. Now, Diem. Yes, Griffin. Your time powers do not require any real modifications to your suit. You'll be able to manipulate time as per usual, but we've modified your spacesuit to allow access to the controls you use to make time move faster or slower. It's perfect. Finally, Vicus. Be still my heart. I was able to set up your suit to give you access to your trick guns. These spacesuits are not bulky like NASA's. These were created with special ops in mind, but I was not able to find a way to let you wear your cowboy boots. I'm sure you tried real hard, Doc. Actually, I did. I think cowboy boots are cool. We'll get you more details, but for now, your mission is to intercept Angeru and engage. If it's unmanned, destroy it or get it off course. If it's manned, you'll be first contact. Do what you need to. Communicate if there's time. Destroy if there's not. Why not just launch missiles at it? You are the missiles, Rotom. If it's an alien intelligence, we need you there to make contact. If it's space junk, you're there to destroy it. Whatever it is, you're there to stop it. Washington, D.C. EPA, two minutes. Excellent. You're on your own. This mission is top secret, and you are under orders not to make any transmissions back to Earth once you leave the atmosphere. The United Nations has every confidence in you, as do I. <laughs>
I just want to check in and let you know I still okay. I hope you finish your project soon and you're able to come home soon. So do I, Master Ghost, and your daughter is driving me batty. <laughs> I love Tora-san. <laughs> your shenanigans say otherwise. You look concerned. I'm waiting for contact from Dr. Griffin, Yvonne, but it appears Anjaro has both slowed down and adjusted courses over the last eight hours. It appears we will make contact much sooner than anticipated. Diem, this is Griffin. This is final contact with Earth Station One. I can confirm that Anjaro has changed speed and trajectory. It is no longer on an intercept course with Earth. It seems to be moving on an intercept course with you. Do not reply. Godspeed. Radar shows object approaching. It's so fast. Strap in, people. It's coming right for us. Look, inside the glow, there's something in there. Can we maneuver for battle at these speeds? No, it's going to fly circles around us. It'll be up to Vikis. Just say the word. The center is a rectangle, a, a box, like a, a white vision of the monolith from 2001. What happened 2001? The movie, not the year, buddy. It is AM. It is plain chicken. It's enormous. How long I got to hold my fire, Tim? Lasers and missiles are ready to go. Did we pass it? It's changing course, following after us. It's getting closer. Hold fire. We don't know what it is or what it wants. We're inside the comma. Or what would be a comma if it was a comet. The nucleus approaches. What? Those things emerging from it. Like tentacle or maybe the oral arm of a jellyfish. What the crap is an oral arm? A mouth arm? It's trying to eat us. I don't like the sound of that. Ah, or that. The engines are redlining. It's too strong. I'm going to power them down. It's opening! It's pulling us inside! This is insane, damn, this is- I would say it has made first contact. Angel has sealed itself. The object is hollow and we left it on inner wall. There's some atmosphere, but nothing breathable. Now I know what sushi feels like. Get your helmets on. Is it wise to go out there? It hasn't made any overtly offensive moves yet. I'd consider none on the origin offensive. My guess is, if it wanted to hurt us, it could. So we should be thanking it for not killing us. Yet. Not killing us yet.
How does it look? Did I get the knot right? It looks fine, Toby. Good length? It's perfect, Toby. I just hate wearing ties. Oh, I know, Toby, I know. And I appreciate it. I'd do anything for you. You know that. Anything. Even wear a mildly uncomfortable, slightly constricting strip of cloth around my neck. My hero. Some men try, some men die. Seriously, we don't have to go. Maria, seriously, this could be good. This prize could get you some exposure. You really think my podcast about UFOs is enough to win the local art committee's award when it's up against the business that recruited a hundred junior high students to paint murals over the graffiti downtown? Maria, you... it... Honest answers only. Honey, it could really get you some good exposure. Not just for the podcast, but for the book. There's no reason not to go. Even wearing a tie all night? Even wearing a tie all night. What is it, Maria? Turn on the TV. What is it? Once considered some sort of unusual comet, Angeru has changed direction. We've confirmed with multiple astronomers at multiple locations that it has changed both direction and speed, suggesting Angeru is something more than just an unusual asteroid. This might be our reason not to go. What was once thought ridiculous is suddenly no longer in the realm of crackpot conspiracy theorists. Is there intelligence behind Injeru? Maybe, I guess. I mean, it definitely fits into your podcast wheelhouse. No, I mean, my agent just texted me and told me to expect a call from the World News Network. They want to bring me on as a guest to talk about if this thing is a manned spacecraft. Okay, yes, that. That is a reason not to go. That. That is exposure. What do I wear? I mean, I've never done anything like this. Hun, you look lovely already. Just wear what you've got on. That's them. Take the call. Answer it. Hello? Yes. That's me. Hold on, let me go into a quieter room. The question is why. All eyes are looking to the skies and pondering the question. Are we no longer alone? Hey, it's me. Listen. Maria got called away. We don't know yet. We're not going. But that means... We have a window. Text me the address. I'll meet you there. Okay, Toby. I'm off. They're gonna have me go down to the MBS station in town and they'll do a remote from there. This is so exciting. They said I'm the most pragmatic of the UFO experts they looked at, and they were glad to have a balanced expert on to talk about it. And they'll promote both the podcast and the book on screen. So, the ticker tape will read, Author of the Skeptic Believer. That's perfect. Better than the Tri-City Arts Commission's awards by light years. I don't know how long this will take. What do you plan to do? Oh, nothing. Well, I'll be taking this tie off, that's for sure. light. Does the box make it? Or is the box made from it? Are those tentacle life? They look almost alive. Like living life. Just be very cautious. Careful everyone. What's that sound? It's less a sound and more an energy transmission. It vibrates through the hull of the ship as well. 
Yeah, set my teeth to shake it. According to reading, this is Cambo. It's the entry instead of us, our ship, and whatever that thing is. Reminds me of a lava lamp. You getting the feeling someone's watching us? Look, it changes. The elite's limbs grow. It's alive. Take it on a form almost humanoid. Everyone, stay where you are. It, it's reaching for me. For a friendly handshake, maybe. Or charging some weapon. Hold fire, Vikas. It, it's touching my hand. No, it's... Remain calm. Remember your first contact protocol and follow its lead. It is not yet the aggressor. It went through my arm. I can feel it. Touching my shoulder. I am... I... I am Onex. I use this one as my mouthpiece. For I have no mouth. No communication as you do. Me being to being physical touch. You encase you in bubbles. Conclusion. Bubble punctured life threatening. This one easiest to engage physical touch without puncturing bubbles. Who are you? What do you want? I am Onex. My people sent me using every last resource to send. I was only one they could send, but I am enough. I'm afraid I don't understand. No, you do not. I am here to address your people, to prepare you for invasion. Strange. It feels like... Rodan! Right the creature came is down! I don't know why you attack, but if this is how it shall be... I have you, Rotom! Draco, look out! I see it! It put on through Draco's mouth plate! Shoot oh. it! Please. Shoot it! Guns are hurt, but not enough! But there's atmosphere here. It's not breathe well. Your power, it will work. You are correct! Glowing, so bright. That did, Box. Rotom, I have you! DM, <coughs> are you able to move? Your power suit is a drain! That creature, it drained it. Couldn't use... The alien! It loses its form! Inside! Everyone! Now! Buckle up! I've got Rotom secure. She is conscious, but confused. Vikis, we need an exit. Power lasers! Fire! Yes, your exit. Engaging engines. Oh, master clear! Rear missiles ready to fly. We clear of object, but it's reaching for us again. Fire, Vikis. Direct it! Everyone, hang on.
just have to be careful not to jump to conclusions. But from what you see, would you say it's possible that this object could be man-made? <laughs> Sorry, ET-made? It certainly is not acting like anything natural. I'm told it changed course in a way that seems intentional. I'm told it actually split in half, although I haven't seen the footage. Ladies and gentlemen, you can see on the screen a live feed from a telescope in Hawaii. That white dot, we've circled it on the screen, did indeed slow down, turning away from its course, but has once again resumed its high-speed path toward Earth, according to the scientists monitoring it from that telescope. Our guest right now is Dr. Maria Kane, author of the book The Skeptic Believer, and host of the podcast... Uh, What's that podcast called again? It's called We Want to Believe at www. Holy crap! Sorry, did did you see that? It appears to be getting brighter and oh oh oh, oh my! What what have we just seen, uh, Doctor Kane? What was that? It it's gone. I think it exploded. I don't. I I, I don't believe it. Excuse me, I'm now getting a report from another observatory that it has indeed exploded, but they believe that they saw some sort of aircraft flying away from the explosion. We had people up there. We had people up there? This is amazing. This is unbelievable. This is a disaster. How could you botch our first contact with alien intelligence so badly? Things just happen so fast. Sir, I was in charge. It's my fault. No, ma'am. It was the alien's fault. It attacked you and wrote him first. The alien did attack aggressively. We will be examining the vid stream in your report. It makes no sense. Why does she attack? She speaks of invasion, but she not feel hostile when she speaks to me. She go out of her way. Not to hurt us, we communicate. And she was the invasion force? All in good time, Draco. All in good time. For now, I'd like to thank you, Superforce. It may not have happened the way we wanted, and we may never know the message that alien had for us. But as much as I myself am disappointed, this was always one acceptable outcome. We must hope alien spoke truth. That she was only one able to come. If she has friends, we will not want them looking for her. Agreed. For now, I have a hundred tedious paperwork questions for Diem. The rest of you may go get some well-earned R&R. As much as I love paperwork. You and I both, my friend. I worry about Roto. She shall recover, Fox. She always do. Well, Diem... What really happened? Sir, it's much worse than we thought, but I believe the outcome works in our favor. What did you do out there? You did something big, didn't you? I used my power. All of it. The alien reached out and started speaking through Rotom. I am Onex. My people sent me using every last resource to send. I was only one they could send, but I am enough. I'm afraid I don't understand. No, you do not. I am here to address your people, 
to prepare you for invasion. I do not do this often. I can't do this often. But I rewound time. I'd heard enough to know Onyx was the enemy of the Masters, so I had to destroy her. I rewound time as far as I could. I am Onyx. My people sent me using every last resource to send. I was only one they could send, but I am enough. I'm afraid I don't understand. No, you do not. I am here to address your people, to prepare you for invasion. Strange. It feels like... What little power I had, I sped time up for myself, giving me super speed. I tore Rotom away from the monster's grip, launching her further than I'd expected with the speed boost. But it worked better than I'd expected, because it drained my suit completely. The physical effects of moving back in time took hold of me, and I fell. As I returned to normal time, it looked like the creature had attacked both Rotom and I. And that was enough for Vikas to attack. I don't know why you attack, but if this is how it shall be... Whatever that thing was, it's dead now. Brilliant. Does anyone on your team know that you can go back in time like that? No, I rarely do it. Traveling back in time not only depletes my suit's reserves, it takes a physical toll as well. Of course, that simply helped sell the whole alien attack ruse. We will need to communicate with the Masters. I will take care of that. You go back to your team. I hear Rotom is in stable condition. And what of the debris that fell to Earth? From the origin, we could see something expelled from the creature. Whatever it is, it seems to have burned up in the atmosphere. If the Masters aren't concerned, we don't need to be either. Supersonic Pod Comics presents Origin First Strike, written and featuring characters created by Ben Avery and J.S. Earls. Audio production by J.S. Earls and Nathan James Norman. Origin featured the vocal talents of, in order of appearance, Eric Compagno as Graham Walker, Joseph Serretta as the TV anchor, Jetta Chan as Hojo, Ian Stevens as Tora. Celeste Mora as Carrie James, Francisco Ruiz as Vicus, Ben Avery as Mr. Smoke, Samantha Payne as Miss Mirrors, Matt Kennedy as Vox, Zoom Yokonori as Dr. Griffin, Jessica Walsh as Diem, Jetta Chan as Draco, Sarah Baxley as Rotom, Paul Walsh as Toby Kane, Danny Says as Maria Kane. Catherine Serwinski as Denise Clarkson, Peter A. Papotis as the AM radio host, J.S. Earls as the weather announcer, with additional vocals provided by Nathan James Norman. Origin First Strike also featured music by Paradox, Future Classic, and Bedland. All music was used with permission and is copyright of its respective owner. Please find Paradox, Future Classic, and Bedland on Spotify for more of their music. 
Much better. Hmm. Not raining here tonight. Hello, Carrie? Are you heading home? Yeah, in the car right now. Driving with your phone? It's hands-free. I'm safe. You're gonna be back home for a lunch date tomorrow, right? I'll be home really late tonight, but I'll make it to lunch. I won't sleep in that late. How could I not? Imagine if that hit Earth. So scary. Yeah, I guess so. Whoa! Oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Graham, what happened? The car in front of me, it swerved off the road and ran into a tree. Are you okay? Did you hit him? No, I'm fine. I gotta help him. I'll call you later. Hey, are you okay? Oh, That looked bad. Are you okay? Oh, I... What happened? Oh, I was looking at the, the... The thing. What thing? There. Up, up there. Ugh. Lights. Gotta be from that, that spaceship. Don't move. I'm going to call 911. Just don't move. I left my phone in my car. I'll be right back. Don't move. It's... it's right up there. What is that? This special edition of Supersonic Pod Comics could not be possible without the assistance of our Kickstarter supporters. We want to give our heartfelt thanks to... Our special thanks level backers, Wayne Henderson, Paul J. Powers, Tina Sorrentino, Scott and Pamela Warner, Olivia Montoya. Our story level backers, John Schlim Jr., Chad Sells, Timmy Cleary, Joseph Ortick, Dave Roosh, John Wilkerson, George Jones III, Shag Matthews, Copper King, Ben Filipayek, Alan Middleton, Daniel and Katie Butcher, our bonus level backers, Dave Clements, Michael Dean, Stephen McDonald, Josiah Arrington, Jeff Childs, Francisco X. Ruiz, Max Pfeffer, Lena D. Mowry, Stuart Boyles, Jody, Andrew Pedersen, John Paul Bocus, David Hunt. Our bonus level plus backers, David Arrington, Michelle Arrington, Tina Emmerich. Brian Ng, 
Kelly Gaynor Rollison, our limited edition backers, Julie Earls, Catherine Zerwinski, our supersonic audio level backers, Jody Orr, Andrew Muser, our super print level backers, Shivna09, Marcus Grayson, Sky. And finally, a special thanks to our out-of-the-box level backers. The Creative Fund by Backer Kit, Joseph A. Soretta, Michael Ackerley, Rhonda Zunusi, Austin Janowski, Diana Earls, and also to our anonymous backers, thank you. To find out more about Supersonic Pod Comics and to find new episodes, please visit supersonicpodcomics.com. We also invite you to join the conversation with the cast and crew and community over at facebook.com slash supersonicpodcomics, on Instagram, where we are Supersonic Pod Comics, and at Supersonic Pod on Twitter. If you enjoyed this podcast, please check out our Patreon page where you can find more information about how you can support the creation of more Supersonic Pod Comic audio dramas, and you can find out how to access a behind-the-scenes podcast and House of Heroes, a monthly Patreon patron exclusive audiobook. Just go to patreon.com slash supersonicpodcomics. Origin First Strike is a production of Supersonic Pod Comics, copyright 2019, all rights reserved. Next time on the Supersonic Pod Comics feed, The Mark, Episode 1, We Just Crossed a Line.